If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. If you guys haven't heard of Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution yet, you're in for a treat. Gold Gold Boys Wholesale and distribution is all about innovative, top-quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme. They have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products, as well as Quantum Muscle Rubs, Rehab X, and many more. Or check them out online today and have products shipped straight to your door. The inside of this smoker boutique is something you have to see for yourself. It is designed to inspire, motivate, enlighten people, and it does just that. We're talking huge murals of Nelson Mandela, Oprah, Martin Luther King Jr., and so much more with quotes and inspirational sayings across the walls. It is truly one of a kind, and you've got to check it out for yourself. If you can make it out to their shop, remember to browse their products online, goldboy303.com. That's goldboys303.com. You'll receive 30% off site-wide on Black Friday. And if you're buying in bulk, call your, call for your discount at 720-372-9843, and they'll take care of you. Gold Boys, where everything is gold. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I am your host, Adam Modest from DNVR, where you can subscribe for just $5. Just $5 a month. Or what you can do is actually give a gift. This is a this is a really one of the coolest things that has happened so far since I've been here at DNVR is that people are buying multiple subscriptions. That to me is the biggest testament that people are enjoying what we've been doing. I've been so proud. Honestly, I've been so proud of the work that we've done. Awesome series this week where we've counted down the 50 most important athletes in Denver, and not just athletes, but sports figures in Denver over the last decade. But we've used that as a launching pad to talk about a bunch of different stuff. So actually, actually, I want to plug one thing. After you listen to this episode of the show, go and listen to the Denver Sports Podcast, which I hope you're subscribed to anyway. Me, Brendan, and Harrison kind of rotate. Every week, It's uh, the Denver Sports Podcast is where we bring all of the sports together under one pod and talk about topics that are touching on every single one of those so it's not just a nuggets podcast not just a rockies we do we try to talk about topics that are topical topics topical topics 
for all of them. But this week, this is sort of one of my brainchilds. It's one of the things I started working on the very first day on the job was this this two-week series that we're doing where we just kind of relive the decade. So go to the Denver Sports Podcast and subscribe. Usually it's once a week, but this week and next week, it's every single day. And these are podcasts that I am on, Brendan is on, Harrison is on. And in the one for today, I thought it was so good, so good, such a good show. It was about... um. Uh, you know, who owned the decade in, in each of the professional sports. So obviously I talked about LeBron and the Warriors, but it wasn't just about that. It was how does that relate to the evolution of the game? Is the league better now than it was 10 years ago? Just a lot of really cool topics. And then, of course, what, what things to look forward in the upcoming decade. I thought it was a fantastic 30-minute conversation, and I really, really think you're going to enjoy it. So subscribe, the the Denver Sports Podcast, um, and go check that one out as soon as you're done with this one. I did one earlier in the week as well that you're that that you're gonna want to waste. There's been draft pods. There's been lots of really cool stuff. Um, all right, so this episode of the show, which is presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Liquor, uh, this episode of the show is going to be on the blowout win over the Knicks, which was such a blowout that it was kind of boring. I mean, Denver really, really just put it on them, laid it, laid it on the Knicks, who are terrible, by the way, and probably going to like. F- Matt Moore always talks about this in DefCon. They're like at DefCon too. I think they're going to fire Fizdell soon. That's, I mean, they're just getting blown out by everybody. But for Denver, it was sort of the perfect stabilizer. Denver is on a little mini slump, two-game slide at Sacramento, the game they blew, and then the Lakers one where I, I just think they were outclassed. So you needed a little stabilizer before you go into what I think is maybe the toughest four-game, um, you know, sort of four-game portion of their schedule to date. Um, after this one, they go tomorrow night to Boston. Then you're at uh, Brooklyn, then at Philadelphia, then back home against um, the Trailblazers. All four of those games are tough. Denver could go 0-4. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But for right now, you get the Knicks, the reeling Knicks, and you get an opportunity to kind of stabilize. So this is going to be a notebook episode of the show, and we'll get right into it. The very first play... It was a, it was sort of a, I, I looked through, I guess I should say this. I have, I, I spend the summer with the help of my buddy, half court hoops. I spend the summer trying to like, um, capture the Denver Nuggets playbook in its entirety. So I actually have, and let me know, you can hit me up on Twitter. If this is something that would interest you to throw on the DNVR.com for subscribers, I have, um, I think it's like 120 different video clips of different plays that the Nuggets run um, throughout the course of the year. Some of these are just like one-offs. Some of these are like common things that they run. It's such a big file. It might be overwhelming, but I don't know. Maybe some of you guys out there would like to sort of like study the playbook or something. So if that's something you're interested in, maybe maybe I'll, I'll spend a weekend or something uploading all of those. But uh, anyway, I went through to try to figure out what play this was that they ran, and I couldn't find it. So I'm not sure Denver had run it before. But this was one where um, it was basically it was a little bit like C corner, but they lifted it up. The reason I'm bringing I'm talking about this is because one of the things I've talked about with the Nuggets is their spacing and lifting this C corner action up. So usually you have the uh, the big this is Millsap's in this case it's Millsap in the corner and then you have Murray set that little corner screen curl cut and then Murray receives a handoff. Well what they did is rather than do it in the corner, they ran it at the free throw line extended and it was really really cool. It got Jamal Murray a wide open three right off the bat 
And I like it as sort of just a little different change of pace. I talk on the list about, it's easier to show a video example, but I talk about some of the reasons why changing the position on the court opens up different types of spacing. And, you know, this is a big thing with basketball. And it's one of my bigger complaints, I would say, about the offense. And one of the reasons I think the offense in the half court gets stuck is some of these little details like spacing and and where exactly on the court different actions are taking place. So the very first play, having this sort of C corner set lifted up, I thought was really, really neat and uh, a, a cool little wrinkle. Monte Mor- or I'm sorry, Monte Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris. Is it Marcus or Mark Keefe on this one? Let's take a look. Marcus Morris. That's what I thought. Marcus Morris and Jokic almost get into a fight. And it's kind of hilarious. Jokic went right up to Marcus Morris. Now, I wanted to let you know, Marcus Morris is one of the real tough guys in the NBA. He is not somebody you want to mess with. And Yoke maybe even like kind of realized that he kind of stepped to him for a second and then just, just kind of walked away. But... Uh, Marcus Morris, he's he's about that action. So be careful, Yoke. We don't we don't need you getting getting in a fight in an NBA game. Um, Nuggets got some tough breaks to open this game. This was another game where Denver was up forty three at one point early in the fourth. And when you go back and watch it, you think, oh, they just blew them out from the start. Not true. Denver actually in the first quarter struggled a little bit. And some of this was just some tough breaks, balls bouncing in the wrong direction, ending up with a wide open three point uh, corner three point shooter, some stuff like that. But I thought that Jokic was in a nice groove early. He had some really nice passes. The timing and rhythm of his passes is so underrated. He had this one to Barton, and I put this on the list as well. And I actually put it out for public. So even if you don't, if for whatever reason you're not subscribed to the DMVR.com just yet, you can go check me out on Twitter, Adam underscore Mares, M-A-R-E-S. And I put this one out there because it was so beautiful. I had to share it with the world. As Jokic pass, and he does this a lot where it's not just about the vision that he has. It's not just the, oh, okay, he saw somebody in the corner, so he's, he turned, he pivoted, he throws the, the dart to the guy open. No, th- this is one where he sees two dribbles before he makes the pass. He knows where he's going with it, but he starts to set a trap. He starts to lure the, the weak side defender into a spot where he's not going to be able to recover, and he essentially buys Will Barton, the guy who he's kicking out to, he buys him an extra, like, 0.2 seconds, just a little tiny bit, but this is what basketball is all about. How much can you turn a small advantage into a medium one or a medium one into a big one? And Jokic sees the opening. He sees the defense and just the positioning that they're in. The help had rotated too far. And rather than just get excited and throw the pass, he thinks, okay, I'm going to set the trap. He goes into a sh- what appears to be a shooting motion and then kicks it out to the wing. And this is the kind of stuff you have to appreciate about Yoke. He knew where his guy was. He just wanted to make the, the 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 pass as disguised as possible as a shot before going into it. And as a result, Will Barton gets a very, very easy, wide-open rhythm three-pointer. I think Denver just needs to run more in general. This is another note I have from this game. I, I thought they did a great job of getting out and pushing the pace in this game. Um, the pace was only 99.5, which I think is actually a little bit higher than Denver's average. But I thought that in this game, there was a lot of Denver just had a lot of opportunities, um, to get out on the break and get out and run. And, and Jokic, you know, you think about what a good outlet passer he is. Well, we haven't seen a ton of outlet passes from him this year, but we saw a lot of them in this game. And I I just think the number one thing, if you ask me what, how could Denver improve their offense? Probably number one would be to get out and run a little bit more. Um, it was great to see Wancho hit some threes. He went four from eight uh, in this game, and um, 
when he is knocking down shots, Malik Beasley, just anytime those three-point shooters, those spot-up three-point shooters are knocking down shots, you know, you really open up everything else you're trying to do. And, of course, that was one of the major stories for the Nuggets in this game. They shot lights out 21 three-pointers, which is absurd. 21 of 39 is 54%. And here's the interesting thing about it. The Knicks are terrible. I mean, they're they're absolutely horrible. Probably the worst team in the NBA. Them or the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> who would who would have guessed you would have said that sentence? But um, one of the things about basketball is it's so much about confidence. And Jokic's confidence may be a little bit rattled right now. And the Nuggets players missing some shots. Now you give them open looks, and they're likelier to to knock them down. But I thought once they got rolling early on in this game, everybody as it was like um it's like the flu. It got contagious. Everybody started getting comfortable, and everybody started knocking them down. So I would say this was probably seventy percent just terrible defense from the Knicks and just them not being very good. But it also had a little bit at least to do with you know everybody just gaining a little bit of confidence from this game, and hopefully that carries over for the games to come. Did you know Breckenridge Brewery is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits Brewery of the Month? So download their app and enjoy a six-pack for only $7.99 all month long. Download the Bre- uh, the Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits app. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge. You've probably heard of their Vanilla Porter Jr. Delicious. We got a little Vanilla Porter Jr. tonight. Maybe that's cause for celebration. Oatmeal Stout, personal favorite, Avalanche Ale, their classic Amber Ale, all kinds of good stuff. Their Christmas Ale, their Strawberry Sky, their Colorado Core. I haven't gotten anybody sending me pictures of their Breck beer. Check it out uh, and shoot me a photo on on Twitter. I want to see if uh, you guys have tried it out. If you've never never tried Breck Brew, maybe you're not in Denver, use the Beer Locator. They have just Google the Breckenridge Beer Locator and find out where there is one near you. And uh, it's really cool. And, of course, if you are in Denver, check out Dev- Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits because they have you hooked up. Just $7.99 for their six-packs. And the Green Mountain Dental Group, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends they're g- at Green Mountain Dental are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth. Green Mountain Dental Group. We'll hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-998-0711 to schedule your appointment. Some of that good funky music. Bench was on fire in this game. Everybody was on fire, but the bench especially... And that's the good thing about this game, I think, is, you know, it was a stabilizer for Jokic. I thought Jokic was in his bag. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. Um, But the bench in particular, you know, Jeremy Grant looked great tonight. He was knocking down shots. Malik Beasley was knocking down shots. He actually, Malik Beasley is so good. I put this out on Twitter, but boy, is it going to sting. No pun intended. It's going to sting when Beasley gets taken from the Denver Nuggets. I Part of you wonders, it's funny, Denver's not a great shooting team. They have a bunch of like good shooters, but only a couple of great ones. And Beasley's one of the great ones. And I, we haven't seen a lot of Jokic-Beasley, but tonight we saw the Wancho-Beasley pairing. And you just get so many open looks when those guys are out there and knocking down shots. And then, of course, Jeremy Grant right there right there alongside him, also knocking down shots. He goes 3 of 5. See, Beasley, Wancho goes four of eight, Beasley goes three of six. So those guys shoot over 50% combined. You're just going to win a lot of games when that happens. 
In fact, I don't even know if you're going to lose games when it, when that happens, when those guys shoot that volume and that, um, and that wide. Speaking of Wancho, I, this is on the list, and, and it's one of those things you always hear me talking about why Wancho's my favorite floor spacer on the Denver Nuggets. Well, there's some of these clips where his cuts are so perfectly timed and so deliberately timed, and then he just does little things like seal his guy at the right moment, be in the right spot at the right moment, and just the cuts and the timing. And there's one spot, one example I have on the list where he perfectly reads this action. He's not involved in it. Remember, he's on the weak side, but he's not just standing on the weak side. That's easy for the help side to rotate and to you know mess up whatever's going on with the 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 strong side action. Well, he perfectly times his cut. And then he sees that Monte Morris is going to get a backdoor cut from Plumley, and he starts sealing the help side. He just like recognize he's, it, it. I play it in slow motion so you can see everything that's happening. But then when you play it in fast motion, you see how quickly he has to be thinking. And um, it, it, it's just awesome. Wancho remains one of those guys who I think you look often look at the stat sheet. You don't see anything. His screw ups are very loud. So you go, oh, my gosh, this whatever. Look at the problems. But every single play on offense, he does something to make the offense just fire. 5% more likely to succeed. And to me, that's that's such an important part of basketball. Um, Monte got uh, got a dunk in, and everyone got hyped. It was kind of fun to watch the bench kind of lose their mind because Monte doesn't – you ne- almost never see him dunk. That was his first one of the year, and actually it was funny because Monte himself was pretty hyped. Well, I just love Monte, man. What a likable guy. Um, Jokic, he was in his comfort zone in that second. So uh, you look at his stat line, and it wasn't horribly impressive. Six points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. It was almost a triple-double. Three of seven shooting. No turnovers. One one block. But he was... I thought this was a classic Jokic game. He just was in such control of the offense and doing so many little things, like so many little passes and um, just kind of orchestrating it. He was in his comfort zone, QBing the offense, I would call it. um, Julius Randle versus Paul Millsap. This the, The battle of the guy that took Paul Millsap, gave Paul Millsap his biggest injury of his career, um... I think Millsap has a little extra for Julius Randle whenever those two guys go against each other. And it's funny because Julius Randle, I think, is a talented player in the Knicks system. I mean, think if you think that being a Nuggets fan is rough, imagine being a Knicks fan. My goodness, that's where everybody just goes to become terrible. It's dead. It's I mean, there's such a cloud hanging over that Knicks organization. But Millsap, I think, and I have a couple examples of this on the list, Millsap is just such a great defender. When he's locked in on a guy's tendency, and you know now he's played Julius Randle you know probably eight nine times now over the course of his career he's just got him figured out and he just really really shut him down Randle the only times you noticed him was when Millsap was doing something to kind of make life tough on him it was kind of fun to watch Millsap's such a veteran he's such a uh, every time he plays against you he gets a little bit smarter a little bit better um and Nuggets just continue to be on fire. That third quarter, the second and third quarter were just, and fourth quarter, honestly, the whole game. Nuggets were just raining threes um, from everywhere. It really makes you realize how much if they can start to just get a better offensive rhythm, start knocking down some of these open shots, how much the floodgates can open for this team. And sometimes you just need one guy. One of the things I think Denver is lacking, and Will Barton has been this guy, maybe it's, a, it's another sort of button he can play, is you need the cocky... 
confident guy that gets everybody else confidence. You know how when you're around somebody, you're on a team, and there's the one guy that's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win this game. Especially if it's one of your better players, you're like, oh man, well okay. If, you know, the captain says that, then I kind of feel good about it. He's feeling confident, then I'm confident. I think Denver needs one of those guys that's like, oh yeah, we're gonna just we're gonna make everything. And maybe you knock down one or two, and you just you you're not necessarily talking trash, but you're just you're so hyped that everybody else feels a little bit hyped. I think Denver needs some guys like that because again, it was contagious. Once one guy started making it, you just felt like every shot was going in. Uh, hat tip to the uh, Knicks defense. Murray missed Yoke in the th- in the third quarter. Murray fast break. Denver's kind of rolling, so was, maybe Murray just got a little too loosey goosey. But Murray missed Jokic on a really obvious read in the third quarter, and you could see Jokic's frustration. Um, I have this one on the list. In fact, there was two angles of it: the regular angle and then a replay angle. And you can kind of see. So Murray drives in the the court spread. There's three guys spotting up and three defenders staying close to him. So that only leaves Murray and Jokic. Jokic is trailing the play, and Murray drives into two guys. So just it's simple. Like you just feel this as a basketball player. Oh, these two guys are meeting me at the rim. Jokic is trailing the play. That means he's wide open. But Murray, for whatever reason, like double clutches, gets his shot blocked. It's actually an embarrassing play for Murray, how bad he missed it. But Jokic is standing at the highlight in the in the replay. You can see he's standing at the top of the key and he kind of throws his arms in the air, like, seriously, dude. And I think these are some of the things that really bug Yoke. He goes down on the other end, and then he gives an intentional foul. So you could tell. You always know when Jokic is frustrated. It was a little bit to prevent a layup, but it was also just one of those Jokic take fouls. And then on the very next play, he has a post-up and a bunny, and he misses it. And look, probably reading into this a little bit too much, but I think I really do think these are the things that really set Jokic off. And um you know, Denver can help him out by just trying to play a little bit smarter in Murray in particular, sometimes playing a little bit smarter, but also it's one of those things where Jokic just has to not let himself, his game be affected by his own frustrations. Jeremy Grant knocking him down, as I mentioned. Now here's the, the last part of it, the Michael Porter Jr. part. Denver is up 30 points with 10 minutes left. Michael Porter Jr. does not get into the game. Up 35 points with eight minutes left. Michael Porter Jr. does not get into the game. Up 36 points with seven minutes left. And Michael Porter Jr. still does not get into the game. It wasn't until the five minutes and 15 second mark that that MPJ got in. Now, this is really frustrating. And I think it's just so... It's going to come back to bite this team. Some people have asked me, like, oh, well, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't see that good. He has to earn the minutes. He's not ready or whatever. And I First of all, I tell people, like, how do you know? How do you feel like you know where Michael Porter Jr. is when we've only seen this little tiny bit of it? But here's the thing I do know. When Denver played the Lakers two days ago, they were awfully tiny against a team like that. When Denver gets the measuring stick against the league's best teams, it is so clear that they are just a tier below. That's not an insult to Denver. Denver's a heck of a team. They're probably the fourth, fifth, sixth best team in the NBA, but they're not in that top tier where the Lakers are, where the Clippers probably are, where Milwaukee is. They're not in that tier. They're right below it with the Philadelphias and the you know Houstons and, and teams like that. And so if you want to get up there, I look around and I say, okay, Michael Porter Jr. is this talent. I mean, he is a talent. He's, his talent is undeniable. What are we doing 
wasting him in a 30-point blast. What, first of all, my personal opinion is what are what are the Nuggets doing not playing him just in general? Fine minutes for the guy. It's not like the Nuggets have 10 guys all lighting the world on fire. Can't you find minutes? And yes, you're going to have some mistakes, but you get mistakes with a lot of these guys. Can't you fight through it? I mean, we're 20 games into the season. We still don't have a really good sense of what Michael Porter Jr. is. Is this year a throwaway the same way last year was? Is that really the plan is to let this guy ride the bench? I think it's absurd for Denver's long-term growth. You've got to be thinking about what is going to give us a chance to beat the Lakers, not just get to the playoffs and lose in five. What is going to give the Denver Nuggets a chance to actually win? And for me, it's so clear that as good as this team is, to be great in today's NBA, you've really got to just be stacked with talent. Michael Porter Jr. provides that opportunity. So why is he not playing? Why are we 20 games in and he's hardly played? I understand, you know, and then in a 30-point win against a clearly incompetent team that has completely given up, he still can't get in. To me, this was a huge failure. And I think it has become increasingly clear that the front office slash ownership, or I should say front office and or ownership, is going to have to just make some sort of trade to open up a spot for for Michael Porter Jr. to play because otherwise it's clear that Malone is not going to do it as long as he has has other options. It, tonight was the most clear signal that look, Michael Porter Jr. is going to go through this entire season playing five minutes and fifteen seconds only when you're up thirty five points. That's the only time he's going to get into a game. And and by the way, on the first night of a back to back, Denver travels to Boston and plays a back to back tomorrow. If ever there was a reason to get him in a little bit early, it's to give the guys a rest who have to play this tough, grinded-out game against a very, very good defensive team in the Boston Celtics. So it is. I think it's clear the front office is going to be the, the one that makes the decision, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that before too long. Michael Porter Jr. did get into the game, and he actually had some really interesting moments. He knocked down two three-pointers. His shot, which it's nice because his shot was great in the preseason. It was great early on in the regular season, like the first three or four games. But then it kind of fell off, and I think his confidence got a little bit rattled. But again, everybody was making threes tonight, so Michael, it was no surprise that MPJ was making them as well. He had a great pass to Plumlee, uh, a little drive, drive and dump off. I, I'm a fan. Like I, I get people hitting me up in my mentions saying MPJ is not any good. I think he is good. I actually think he's a really talented player, and um, he has some major gaps, some major flaws. But again, at the NBA level, you don't learn one of you. You can't learn to ride a bicycle by reading a book. Michael Porter Jr. is not going to learn how to play how to play NBA basketball by watching from the sidelines. There's certain things he can learn, and the discipline, the attitude, you know, the, the stuff I can't really speak to, you know. Those are the sort of the maybe the only limiting factors I could see, but by all accounts, he hasn't been a problem. He's been a bot end guy. I do fear that he is a talented player that is just not going to get any minutes and ultimately be moving on. So I'd love to see him play, and it was certainly frustrating seeing him not get in there. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have 
referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. So let's look ahead real quick at the Nuggets schedule because I think it's really, really interesting for this Nuggets team going forward. They got flexed in. Flexed into a new national television game against Philadelphia, which is interesting because that's the end of this long road trip. So Denver now, who hasn't been on national TV, hasn't been in front of the spotlight, suddenly finds themselves with three games out of the next four on national TV. Was this enough to get them out of their slump? It's a big question. So let's look at that. At Boston tomorrow, second night of a back-to-back. It's a tough one. They did get Boston the first time around. The, if you remember, the starters up 25-11. to 11. They actually cruised. So it's a tough game, but one that Denver maybe has a good chance, you know, sort of a good chance against. I'm really curious to see how they play against Boston. Then they go over to Brooklyn, a team that has given them trouble traditionally. I think Kenny Atkinson, a very, very good coach. So we'll see how they do there. Then you go to Philadelphia. That's a huge game. That's a huge game. Philadelphia just lost to Washington, so they're vulnerable for sure. But we know that Philadelphia fans are going to be up for that game. Philadelphia players are going to be up for that game. Jokic hit a game winner on them. They're not going to want to. They're not going to soon forget that. Embiid is going to be up for that game. It's national television. You know, there's going to be a conversation about who's the best, the best center in the NBA. So that's a big, tough pressure cooker one. And then you come back home. And you've got Mello in town. Mello, who had not won in Denver since he left, but is now on a Blazers team. It's like, it's such perfect, so poetically perfect. Mello, who's maybe not loved in Denver by everyone, now goes to the team that is the biggest rival right now for Denver. And you get that game on national television. So Denver, I think we're going to learn a lot about them over the next four games. Their toughness, their resolve, and just whether or not they can get their offense going. So I'm excited. I think this is the most interesting four-game stretch of the season so far. And thankfully, Denver looked good tonight. They looked like they were having fun. Brennan Vogt over in Madison Square Garden in the locker room, that lucky SOB. Covering this game said there was a great vibe in the locker room. Jokic, in particular, upbeat. Um, So let's check it out. Big, big games ahead for the Denver Nuggets. By this time next week, we're going to have a much better read on just how good or bad this team is can't wait for it thanks for tuning in everybody don't forget to check out everything we have on dnvr the top of the tens check out the denver sports podcast now that you've listened to this one go check out that one i promise you you're not going to regret it some great great conversation on it thanks for tuning in everybody 